Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series Podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. On this episode of the podcast, I have the extra special pleasure of introducing you to Michael Gagan, the president of Eastern Gateway Community College. These guys are on a roll. Eastern Gateway just posted record enrollment numbers and we get great insight into their strategic planning process and their great plans for the future of their campuses, both physically and online, and the impact they're making with their certification programs. They're a really unique take uh, on the future of education. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Michael Gagan. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today on the Brain Gain Youngstown podcast. We're thrilled to have you here. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Everyone wants to know, who's Mike Gagan? I mean, you're, you know, Eastern Gateway Community College just announced record enrollment numbers, more than 41,000 students, second largest in the state. And so we want to know who's behind it. So tell us about yourself. Well, <clears throat> so I've been at uh, Eastern Gateway Community College for a little bit over three years. I became the interim president in January and the permanent president in July. But I came up from Cincinnati. So I grew up in Cincinnati. I spent some time in Florida uh, as the CFO of Broward County down there. And I've had a long career in public service in Ohio, starting off with the state auditor of Ohio. Um, I was the CFO of the Cincinnati Public Schools. CFO of Cincinnati State Technical and Community College. So I've, <clears throat> I've, I've been in a lot of different uh, career settings and a lot of different organizations and have some battle scars from all that. Right. But it's, it's really helped me in the sense of made, you know, prepared me for this position to, to lead Eastern Gateway uh, to, to, to its next level of, of greatness. And, and so I'm, humbled and proud to, to serve as the president. That's great. I'm, I'm a little afraid because every conversation I've ever had with a CFO, what's the bottom line? Right. <laughs> so, but, but that, you know, that's interesting. But that's a great perspective to bring to the table. It really is. You know, especially um, given the importance of metrics. Yeah, that's an old saying and you see it on some commercials or, um, you know, if, if uh, you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So <clears throat> I think it's, you know, that background is extremely helpful. I mean, we're all about, you know, creating educational opportunities mm -hmm. for students here in our four county service district, in their Youngstown campus, Steubenville campus. But we also have to be mindful. We have to be financially sustainable. We have to be able to, you know, to grow and accommodate and to, you know, make those opportunities happen for our students. Right, right. So prior to your life as a CFO of long career as uh, in financials and being financially and driven, what did you want to do as a child? Like, what did you aspire to do when you were growing up? Well, I was, so I'm one of six, uh, uh, I have five uh, male siblings. So oh, wow. my mother had six boys, uh, 12 years of difference between the oldest and, and the youngest. I'm the second oldest. And we all had different sort of like interests growing up. I mean, we all, you know, as child, as children played and had a great neighborhood that we grew up in, but I was much more oriented towards sports mm -hmm. than my uh, brothers were. And so I was, you know, I was either playing baseball, basketball, or football as the seasons turned. Right. And, you know, I, I thought about, 
you know, pursuing, certainly baseball, my father wanted me to pursue that. <clears throat> and then I actually got into golf on my own and thought that uh, that could be an area for me. I won the high school regional championship. I was up at Ohio State playing in the, in the statewide championship. And I thought if I win that, <clears throat> I, that's where I'm going. I'm going to Ohio State on a golf scholarship. But I didn't do that well right. during the uh, tournament. So, uh, uh, so, do you golf to this day? I, I do, but not not as often, obviously. Do you still play baseball? Uh, no, 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 no. What position did you play in baseball? Well, I, I started as a catcher, right? And I was always big for my age, and and um, so my father had a knothole team that my older brother played on, as he was two years older than me. It was really third graders back then. First graders didn't play, right? So I was there, kind of as the bad boy. But the catcher got hurt, believe it or not. And uh, so they just put me right in there and it just seemed very natural. Right, behind the dish, right? Yeah, yeah. Directing traffic, calling yeah, the game. Yeah, Taking the, the hits when they're coming in when they wouldn't slide. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's, those are kind of uh, yeah. the breaks of, of being a catcher. That, but it's that's right. Probably the most important role on the team. I it's think, great, you know. it's great. And then you develop this rapport with the umpire. It's either good or bad, but right. if you had the same umpires and you know, so. Right. Well, when you were, you know, as a child with sports and athletics, you know, heavily involved there, were there people you looked up to as a child? Were they sports figures? Were they political figures, local people, national people? You know, I think it, it was a combination. Um, you know, when uh, my uncle was <clears throat> in a, an attorney in town, my father's brother, uh, my mother had four sisters and her brother-in-laws were all uh, business people. And so I looked up to what they were doing. And, uh, but my uncle was, um, he got involved in politics and John F. Kennedy was running for president and I was just a young, young kid and I remember doing literature distribution for that campaign in Hamilton County. And uh, you know, all the, that was my first introduction to politics, I guess, but you know, all the sort of animosity that I met as you tried to, you know, put literature on people's uh, doorknobs and so forth, so. Right. Uh, so that was a good experience. and. And that sort of got me really, gave me a little taste of politics. And I ended up going to Georgetown University. I worked on Capitol Hill. Um, and I, I really thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, that was really my career path. My brother's a lawyer. And, I, and my uncle's a lawyer. He's a lawyer in Washington, D.C. Actually went to work in the Kennedy administration. He worked <clears throat> for the Attorney General, Robert Kennedy. And so I thought that uh, that would be a path that I would follow, but it didn't work out that way. And, you know, I got into business, got into the masters of, uh, got an MBA from University of Cincinnati, moved back to home and that's where I got started my career. Right, right. So do you have, I see a copy of Good to Great on your desk. Is that yeah. what I see? Yeah. So do you, are you a Jim Collins fan? Is I there... am. I mean, I think that was the first book that really got me interested in organizational leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, I was an auditor and, you know, you're sort of working, um, auditing other organizations, but, you know, that, that was, uh, and, and those principles still hold true today. Right. You know, that level five leadership, humble but strong-willed, and, um, you know, how to use technology, um, dealing just with the, with the situation as it is and, you know, um, not trying to cover it up or try to hide problems as they are, or bring them to the surface and deal with them. Right, I've noticed that a lot of the companies, you know, and he's been writing books for 
decades now yes. that a lot of his case, case studies mostly have held true. Yeah. Right? And even for the organization at the time, with the leadership at the time, still examples we can look back to. That's right. A great example, uh, and, and there's Kroger's. Right. Um, you know, and you know how they, and they're continuing to uh, evolve and reinvent themselves, and, and they're always innovating and doing things. So it's a, it's a great, great company, great organization. I mean, talk about an organization that has, has played an active role through this pandemic. Oh. Or, you know, as far as supplying those in need and, and you know, grocery, it's an essential function, and there are lots of accommodations had to be made for contactless work and things of that nature, so. Plus, I think it's been a great place for people to go to. Yeah. You know, just to like get out of the house and go and hey, there's other people around and doing things. It's, it's been, so it's really served a lot of purposes, I think, during the That's pandemic. That's true, yeah, almost like a social media yeah. spot to some extent. Awkward when you see someone and you're, yeah. so are you that, a Is that who I think it bumper? is? <laughs> uh, last night I was at a store and I hollered, hey, Tom, and it wasn't Tom, but he was Matt, bald guy, mask. And I thought, I swore there was this guy named Tom, and it wasn't yeah. Tom. <laughs> so, was well, there anyone, um, has, has your leadership style and philosophy evolved over time? Or is, it, is, there, is there a certain method you use in your leadership style? You know, you mentioned. Um, you know, I'm a big uh, uh, follower of, of Stephen Covey and the seven principles. You know, I, 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 and, and there's two that really stand out for me. One is, uh, begin with the end in mind. Right. So what you want to do, and then figure out how to get there, but make sure that you're all continually focused on that end goal. Mm -hmm. Then the other one is to be proactive. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's how I practice, that, that's how I live my leadership. You know, I try to be, um, you know, as, as the CEO or the president, you're really kind of by yourself in a way because people say, you know, they, you're, the, you're the number one person, so it's hard to confer with a lot of the, your other senior leadership team on, you know, to discuss certain things. But, I, but I've got a great team, and that's another sort of principle in the, in the uh, Good to Great book is, you know, make sure you got the right people on board. Right. They call it right people on the bus, but right. and, and the, the, get the wrong people off the bus. Correct, correct. As far as proactivity, how do you, how do you encourage proactivity, you know, so, so often people are afraid to make mistakes. We often learn from our mistakes. Um, but do you, do you sense that they're proactive or do you have a test to give them? Oh, I, I, they're all leaders in their own right, mm -hmm. uh, the cabinet. They're all leaders in their own right. They could all step up into this position. And that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we, you know, we want strong leaders uh, for the organization. I want them, I'm not afraid of strong leaders. And I, I, you know, I encourage them to, to, you know, come forward with issues and rather than trying to keep them to themselves or talk to other people about them, let's get them out there and let's deal with them and move on. Right, if you can talk about it, you can fix it. Yeah. That's what you hear quite often. Yeah, and we just started, we just completed our 2025 strategic plan. And we used um, <clears throat> an organization that's consulted around the world with uh, private corporations, universities, uh, not, but huge not-for-profit foundations. It's called the Balanced Scorecard Institute, mm -hmm. and they've got a consultant group. So we adopted that principle that you know we have sort of four pillars, which is uh, you know that we're going to be learner-centric, that we're going to be program-centric, uh, 
strategic partnering. And, um, you know, there are perspectives um, are um, looking, looking at those four pillars through the, through the perspectives of financial sustainability, our stakeholders, our learners, our students, uh, how we do our processes, and then how we do our organizational capacity building. Mm -hmm. So we've developed 12 objectives out of that strategic planning, and, and we, we created a strategy map, so you start sort of at the bottom, get to the top, and the top is career preparedness. You know, what we want to be the best at preparing our students for careers. Student success, you know, completion, retention, persistence, and then improving our brand image, improving Eastern Gateway's image. So those 12 all go up into, the, so there's nine that go up tiers into those top three. Um, and so we've got uh, initiatives, uh, uh, specific plans for how we're going to get there over the next five years. And so we just presented it to the board and that, that's our roadmap. That's, wow. that's how we're going to... Is there a cadence to check in on those initiatives and it, are there milestones for each initiative to, you know, with yeah, dates and timelines? Yeah, I think that uh, and... we, we have key performance indicators. Um, we developed this all in a month and a half, all by Zoom. Wow. Um, we had 70 people from the college involved in it. Wow. And it is, that's how we're going to operate. And so, right. we, you know, get everybody, we're going to roll it out to the rest of the college in, uh, in November and December. We're going to have monthly meetings for the, for the objective. There's, we have objective team owners, like I'm a team owner for financial resources. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we increase financial resources? So all the objectives have either increase or improve in front of their name. Oh, so great. it's increase financial resources, increase efficiency and effectiveness. Uh, so it's all very positive. It's all uh, oriented towards improvement and, you know, getting better and, and, and so forth. So we're going to, the monthly um, objective team owners for those 12, they're going to meet monthly. And then quarterly will come together as a strategic, we have a strategic management planning team of 14. Okay. Now, and the good news about a strategy, it's a governing strategy. So there, it's a filtering process. There are probably things that you would like to do, but you knocked off the plan, right? Things you're choosing to not do. Right. Were there, were there things that, were, that surprised you going through this process? Like, boy, we'd love to or we'd like to, but it's not sustainable to do them. Yeah, I think it's the, the, the objectives are sort of end states where we want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a lot of consensus uh, of, of everyone that was on that uh, planning team is to get to. Now, how we're going to do that is through, through our specific projects. And so that's where we had 45 different initiatives, but we boiled them down into 12 plans, 12 projects. Right. And uh, so that's where, that's where the grouping took place. Um, so there was, you know, a lot of it is starting off brainstorming and we went through all of our strategic or strength, weakness, opportunities, threats. We mm -hmm. did all of that. Reaffirmed our mission, our vision, mm -hmm. our core values. So, any surprises come out of the process? I don't know if there were surprises, but um, I I felt really good about the fact that I I think the uh, we had faculty, staff, everyone uh, participating, having an opportunity to participate in this, and they were very appreciative of that. They they want to be part of you know of Eastern Gateway rather than being in their own little area or silo, as you would call them, they want to be part of the, you know, of the organization moving forward. They, 
and, and so I was really pleased with that. So that's good. Excited to hear. about it. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to transition and talk about you know part of leadership, being proactive, taking initiative. Sometimes we make mistakes. Uh, so we're going to talk about some leadership mistakes when we come back. But first, we'd like to take a break to thank our sponsors of the Brain. Okay. Game. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank the headlining members of the coalition, including Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Moransky Companies, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Also included are Farmers Bank Group, Youngstown State University, Eastern Gateway Community College, the DeBartolo Corporation, Cortland Bank, MS Consultants, and 898 Marketing. So through this process and through your career, you've had a career in, you know, spanning a lot of different experiences. Any leadership mistakes you've made that have resulted in a key learning or a key way of operating? I wouldn't really call it a mistake. I might do it differently the next time around, but you know, taking, when, when you move to different environments, so I've been in five or six different significant uh, leadership or important uh, roles in different organizations is, you know, when you come in really trying to understand and uh, the, the environment you're in, mm -hmm. not just the culture, but the political environment, and probably on a couple, at least certainly on one of my career positions, I probably didn't do as well a job on that as understanding all the players and the, and the politics of the situation, so mm -hmm. I, I would probably handle that differently. Right, that, that's an investment in, in time, and yes. so often it's so clear what has to be done, but organizations right. move at different speeds, people are on different pages. A lot of stakeholders. Right. Yeah. Right. Anything result in, um, w would you say, say if you had to look back at that situation, would more active dialogue have helped or were, were there just kind of a different, completely difference of, of uh, opinions? I don't know if it was differences of opinions. I, I think communic communication is always the key and probably yeah. not at least reading the, the messages that, that were being communicated. Mm -hmm. I was reading them one way and mm -hmm. maybe they were being meant another way. Right. So certainly I picked up on that. Right. Well, and that's a great thing about a leadership team, right, is there's yeah. a feedback loop. And, right. And if you have a diverse leadership team, diverse perspectives, and perhaps sometimes you can be helped. Hey, by the way, here's something else to consider, right? So, that, you know, encouraging that type of feedback loop is... And, you know, just being proactive right. a lot of times and wanting to get things done. Um, maybe not everybody's on the same pace that you're on wanting mm -hmm. to get those done. And so you get out there a little bit too far ahead and you're not sure you've got all the support that's there to do it. So I've been, I've learned from that. Right, well in sports, right? And, and that, that's tra your training growing up, it's athletics, it's performance, yeah. it's being competitive. And the bias for action or the sense of urgency, you know, that's a, a key element you look for in people in business. Right. And, and sometimes people don't have the same sense of urgency. <clears throat> That's right. And, and honestly, you try to, even my kids, I wish my son had a sense of urgency sometimes <laughs> or something. So, and I think it's something you can coach on, but it's hard to, yeah. you know, if it's not in the DNA. 
You know, I think coaching, that's, that's a good, uh, you brought that up. And I, I think that could, there could be more coaching in, in all of our organizations, mm -hmm. you know, professional mentors, coaches coming in to, to help leaders. Sometimes it can be, it can feel sort of lonely, you know, at the top. And so I, I think that's always a good outlet to, to have. Right. Somebody that you can consult with. Right, right, absolutely. Do you, um, so with your entry into the Mahoning Valley, you know, you're, you're here, this Eastern Gateway Community College is a significant educational institution. It's doing great things for the downtown area, uh, specifically downtown Youngstown. What's your perspective on the Mahoning Valley? So you know that we've had, we have a long history of, of uh, greatness and we're an iconic market. There are also challenges. We're doing a lot to change the narrative. That's the purpose of the brain gain is to support changing the narrative. So any perspectives you've observed or things you've observed as you've gotten more familiar with the Mahoning Valley and anything you would want to see happen that's maybe not happening? You know, I, I've just been really impressed with all the leaders here in Mahoning County. I'm now on the regional, Youngstown uh, Warren Regional Chamber Board. Mm -hmm. And that, that's been, really just got on it a month or two ago, but that there are great people there that really are heavily invested in this area and want to bring it back. And that's not just the business people, but our political leaders, you know, all of our state representatives and congressional, and even the senators are incredibly interested in this area. And, and, and so, and really want to bring it back. I mean, the, I think Lordstown sort of, everything kind of came, you know, kind of crystallized there as to, you know, when that unfortunate series of events took place and the plant closing and wanting to come back and, you know, uh, get, you know, reinvent, you know, that, that area. And, um, you know, you've got the, <clears throat> the LG Chem, that, that joint venture between General Motors and LG Chem, that, uh, the Ultium, the, the battery plant, that's exciting. That, that could be very transformative. We were meeting with the plant manager Art Daly and myself a couple of weeks ago, and they're envisioning like 1,500 jobs there. Wow. Uh, they would actually, you know, um, they, they've got huge plans. They're going to 3 million square foot facility. So it's, it's, uh, that's not going to supplant all the losses that took place there with that, with that plant closing. And I know how difficult that is. Uh, but you have that, you have the TJX distribution center. Lordstown Motors, mm -hmm. and you know we want to be there as the training partner for those companies, right? Um, right. And and so we're we're ready to go in whether it's they need HR training, whether they need, you know, whether it's machining, uh, welding, any of those uh, uh, additive manufacturing, all those areas. We want to be there as the training partner and help this area really succeed. And it's, you know, it's getting there. I mm -hmm. mean, they're breaking ground, obviously, down there and, you know, getting uh, the foundation for that plant ready, and it's, it's exciting. Has the curriculum evolved? Because I know there, there's a lot of focus on career education, even adult education certifications. Is, the, you know, looking out at the time horizon, right? We, we have a couple years as the construction and development process happens, but, do you foresee the curriculum evolving here at Eastern Gateway? Yeah, I do. So one, one of the initiatives we're working on, and this gets back to our strategic plan as far as career preparedness and program offerings, is that 
you know, we're going to look at our academic programs, you know, all of our degree programs. And right now we, we've been referring to, the, there's a concentration just in that particular area, whether it's business or IT, we call them focus areas. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to break those out as certificates so that, and we're going to kind of front load those. So if you want to get a, an IT degree at, um, at Eastern Gateway, there, there would be a certificate that you could get first, could be in cybersecurity. So it's shorter, it's 12 hours, it would be geared towards you know, the in-demand jobs in right. the area, so that you could take that, go, you know, get employed, and then finish your career with the gen ed courses and get that degree and move on. So that's a big focus of ours is, <clears throat> whether it's, we call it badging, credentialing. Right. It's been out there for a while, but you know, students today, the adult learners, you know, two years, in, in reality it takes three years to mm -hmm. complete a, to your degree, but they, they need to get some sort of a certification or a credential and get out there and get employed. And that, that's where we're gonna be oriented our, all of our programs going forward. Okay, so, the, so really it's, it's modifying instead of like, you know, as everyone here is a traditional four-year degree where you plod through freshman, sophomore, you know, and you, you go to the successive levels. This is a more agile program focused on the outcome, right? So, the, the, so the key, the right? core parts of the program, like so, it would be front loaded. So, if you're interested in cybersecurity, you could get an IT degree. Um, but instead of um, so, after your first 12 hours, <clears throat> first four or five courses, you've got a certificate, you've your got a badge ready. that you can go out and and uh, become employed. Right. Is that where you see the future of education? You know, I, I certainly think, uh, I, I, I think it's, you know, they talk about these stackable credentials that's right. been around a long time, and I do. I think that people can, it's a lifelong learning process, but you have to become employed. You have to, you know, you can't wait those two, three, four, five years in right. order to get that degree. You need something that you can go out there and support yourself, support your family. And so I do, I do think it's going to be bigger and bigger part of so it's a flexible or more modular approach yeah. to encourage probably higher take rates. Right. Because a lot of people that are maybe changing careers or mid-career, they may not want to take those years off to reinvest, where this is almost a pretty quick return on right. the investment. Interesting. So uh, beyond Good to Great, which I see over there, which is a great book, I agree. Any other leadership books that you've, um, favorites that you have, or things that have influenced you over time? You know, as, as far as the books, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a, I prefer nonfiction and, and I sort of like financial, financial history. I mm -hmm. finished a book called Crashed by uh, uh, Adam Tooze, who's uh, wrote a great book about World War One. It's a 750 page book about the 2008, 2010 financial, financial crisis. crisis. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm, I'm drawn to that type of reading. Just my, my background, I guess, but. So uh, any leadership quotes, so things that you look at on a consistent basis, mantras, anything that you... No, I don't know if there's any specific quotes that, that you know, I, I sort of, um, that I sort of live by as far as organizational leadership. I, um, it's, a lot of it is just experiences that I've accumulated over the years and what I think works and and you know, getting to that end point, you know, setting that vision. I think the vision is, is so important. 
and getting everyone to buy into that vision and you know how we get there. I mean, we've <clears throat> we've created um, you know very very innovative business model and mm -hmm. it's it's got a real economic impact to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to be bringing in um, you know the this this money from our online college is coming right into the to the district. So it's helping uh, the Youngstown campus. It's helping the Simville campus. If you look at the enrollment numbers that came out <clears throat> across the state for fall, everyone's down. I mean, right. in, you know, in a way, we're, if, if, if you took Eastern Gateway out of the community college's enrollment, it's year over year, it's showing community college sector, the 23 is showing a 3.6% increase. But if you take Eastern Gateway out, it's a 8.5% decrease. decrease. Wow, wow. So that so that online those the online component is really helping you reinvest in the in the markets physically in no question about it. Any what are your plans here? I know there you know we're sitting in a newly refurbished building. Uh, the builders did an amazing job yeah. here. Uh, what are what are the plans for around this side of uh, of the street in Youngstown? Well, I think we want to. Um, you know, keep investing in our in our labs, or uh, certainly in the healthcare area. I think that's going to be a big focus. We're uh, going to be opening up a new radiation technology program, RadTac program, really at the Campbell School District, that culture and liter literacy center there. So healthcare is going to be a major focus for us, as well as you know, uh, IT. Right. Um, and you know, the other thing is, we want to. I've met. I've had several meetings with President Trussell and. We want to get that relationship, you know, closer uh, between the Eastern Gateway and uh, YSU. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to work as a as a team to meet the needs, not just the workforce needs, but the education needs of the Mahoney Valley. So that's a big thing. It's not just we're going to be here as an island. We want to be connected. You know, we've got the Chopin Career Center and then YSU. So we want we want to create a you know a whole education complex here. That's fantastic. Uh, any challenges? We want to end every conversation. Perhaps you want to issue a challenge to the markets. We've had a number of interesting challenges that our guests have offered. So anything you'd like the audience, our audience here to do to go out and take action? Take another look at Eastern Gateway. Right. And really, you know, especially in the Mahoning Valley, um, you know, we're just 12 years in here. Mm -hmm. So it was in 2000, I think, 2008 or 2009, where the, <clears throat> the, the chancellor of the Board of Regents directed the college to move northward. And so under a new name, it was always Jefferson Community College and Jeff Tech, Jeff Community College. So we don't have that brand and we don't have that presence, and that known presence that YSU does. Right. And so, um, you know, we've got great programs here. And, uh, you know, we, we're a community college, so we serve the community. So, um, and we're, you know, we want to do that as the lowest cost possible. So we are, we want you to take a, either a first look or another look at Eastern Gateway. And we want to, we I, I challenge the, the community to, you know, come check us out. Right. No, that's good. That's great advice. So, no, we thank you. I know the Eastern Gateway are doing amazing things for this community and the investment in the community and supporting the brain gain. So we thank you for your time today. It's been nice to get to know you better. Great. Thank you. Before we go, I'd like to thank members of the Brain Gain Coalition 
especially our great sponsors. Without them, none of this would be possible. So a big thank you goes to Sweeney, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, the Moransky Companies, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Thanks so much for their support. And also, please follow, like, and subscribe to this series on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, just go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn, one of my favorite places. You can find me over there at Jeff Leo Herman and send me a message. I will see you next time. I'm growing up in this life into the human that I need to be. I know that I am not alone. I'm brave. I got what it takes. 